0: So welcome back to the expert Edge. Uh, today we have got a true market leader when it comes to all things podcasting. Uh, today on the show I'm interviewing one of my now really good friends Jenna Kutcher. I had the pleasure of getting connected with Jenna a couple of months ago and we worked together on her story and her webinar and uh, since then we've just had so many amazing conversations about Her business, my business, and I just wanted to get her on the podcast so I could share her with you and all of the strategies that she's used to grow a podcast that's had over a hundred million downloads. A hundred million downloads, guys. That is absolutely incredible. And so, if you have been considering wanting to start a podcast, obviously, you're listening to the podcast on the expert edge. So, Think about it like this you're listening to the expert edge podcast right and so there's obviously value in having a podcast and for me i i waited years to start my podcast but i don't think it has to be that difficult and so on today's conversation with jenna kutcher uh we talk about how she started her podcast the journey she's been on so many great secrets in fact i have a ton of notes that i'm gonna be utilizing for the Expert Edge podcast, so many great content tools and strategies and so forth. So you're going to get a ton out of it. Jenna is just incredible communicator, has built the number one, she's the number one marketing podcast on iTunes. Like that is an achievement. And I, today we have a really honest and real conversation about what strategies she's used to grow it, how she's developed it, the benefits of it, the challenges, all the good stuff. And so I know you are going to get a ton out of today's conversation with Jenna Kutcher about building a top-rated podcast. Let's get into it. You are listening to the Expert Edge Podcast. This is the place where experts come to command the stage, position themselves as authorities, and scale their business up. Get ready to access your next level of potential with your host, Colin Boyd.
1: What are you laughing at?
0: <laughs> I, went, I went to start the podcast and I literally was like, Duh. And, <laughs> and I didn't know.
1: <laughs> I make I you speechless, sorry. Colin Boyd. I can't help it. It's fine.
0: <laughs> I love it. Janet Kucha. welcome to the Expert Edge.
1: Thank you for having me. I feel like this is so fun because you were one of our favorite guests on the Gold Digger podcast this year. And so now I get to sit at your table. So thanks for having me.
0: Oh, absolutely. Hey, I'm pumped to have this conversation. Uh, And we're going to be talking all things podcasting. Uh, Now, I know that there are a lot of listeners out there who want to start a podcast, have been considering starting a podcast, maybe have a podcast, but it hasn't really grown the way that they wanted it to probably because they may not have some of the fundamentals in place or whatever it is so I would love to really help them today so first of all Jenna uh, before we kick off into this um, could you share the journey of you starting your podcast and kind of how that looked
1: yes oh my gosh so Back in the day, um, I've been an entrepreneur for over a decade, and I got my entrepreneurial start as a photographer. And so I live in northern Minnesota, and at the time, we were living in Wisconsin, which means that we get these brutal winters. And so I was shooting weddings very much every single weekend from basically March to October, but that also meant that I was in a, quote, off-season throughout the winter. And I was an avid listener of a podcast that you and I both know, a dear friend of ours, Amy Porterfields. I was her number one fangirl. She did not know I existed. And she was a podcast that I would tune into every single week. And the funny thing is, is that I would listen to her podcast while in the shower. And so I would set my phone into this little glass cup to make a little echo. And I could listen while I was washing my hair with Herbal essence. and. One week I was listening to her podcast. I was about to enter the off season and Amy was talking about a product that she had coming up. Now it wasn't for sale yet, but I had listened to her podcast so faithfully that I found myself while in the shower wanting to hand this woman a credit card and say, take my Mm -hmm. money. And I had this very big awakening of like, I know her, I like her and I trust her and anywhere that she wants to take me. I want to go just as a listener to her free content. And so that day I dried my arm off, reached my arm out of the shower and voice memoed the one person I had on my team, which was a part-time virtual assistant. And I said, I've got an idea. We're going to launch a podcast and we're going to release it in a month. Now, I did not have a big team. I definitely didn't have a studio. I had no microphone or recording gear. I had no knowledge of how I would even do this. This was kind of before there were a lot of women podcasters, especially in the business space. But I had this idea, and I literally that day went out and announced to the world, hey, I'm going to start a podcast, and it's going to be an experiment. One thing that I love about my approach, and I did this very unknowingly at the very beginning, is I said, I'm just going to try this out. I'm going to try this out during the offseason. I'm going to use it as a means to connect with other creative entrepreneurs because I had very much felt isolated in my entrepreneurial journey. Like I was on this little island all alone trying to figure it out, and surely no one could understand it. And I was really hoping to start to have conversations with people like the ones that I was having offline of some of the struggles that entrepreneurs were having, whether it was in marketing or growing their client list or bad client experiences. And so, I sat in the front seat of my parked car in my garage with nothing more than iPhone headphones plugged into my computer, and I started the Gold Digger podcast. Now, that was the humble beginnings, and let me tell you, there are still very many humble things that happened in the six years that I had the show, but I'm now happy to report that we have over 700 episodes, over 100 million downloads, and it's the number one marketing podcast on Apple Podcasts. What I love about it is that I did it my way. I did it this simple way. And it's really grown into the number one thing that I'm known for.
0: Mm, Jenna, wowzer, That is so, so cool, that story. Um, was it 2016 when you started? Yes, yeah. That? So it
1: was the end of 2016 that we launched it.
0: Yeah. So I went back and listened to your first episode. Oh! Today. So
1: rich, <laughs> but I love it. I, I refuse to cringe too hard because I'm yeah. so proud of that girl with her phone voice. I don't even sound like the same person. And yet I invite <laughs> that in because I love that girl who showed yes. up. And you know what, Colin? It's funny because there's a big part of me that's like, I recorded it in my car because I didn't want my dogs to bark, which is truth. But the other side of that coin is that I recorded it in my car because I was embarrassed for even my own husband to hear me speak, right? Because there was all of these fears of like, who am I to do this? What What if I run out of things to say? What if I hate the sound of my voice? I mean, everyone listening to this show right now has probably recorded their voicemail message 30 (laughs) times because they're like, do I really sound like that? And the answer is, yes, you do, Right. (laughs) And so there are so many fears. So I think if I'm really being honest, I recorded in my car because I couldn't even handle the person who loves me the most hearing me attempt yeah.
0: this. Uh, well, it sounded great. Like it still sounded really good. And I, I agree that I feel like your voice, the way you articulate things has evolved over yeah. the years, but it was really cool hearing <laughs> that first, first episode. It's like there's something like, like, like warm about that, you know, yeah. about that journey. So, so it was really cool. Um, now you, you, you brought up this idea of some of the resistances yeah, that people experience when it comes to starting a podcast. Cause I know for me, we've been running the expert edge for about three years and, you know, even I had some reservations around starting a podcast and some fears and some like you know is this really going to go well are people going to like my content am yeah. i going to run out of content after about 3 episodes right um and i think we're at about 198 or something at the moment which is cool Uh not at 700 yet i'm not at those numbers so i take my hat off to you jada um but what are the what what do you find are the biggest like fears that you notice people that's that that stop people like leaning into launching a podcast and maybe some of the things that you had as well.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that it's very natural to worry that you're going to run out of things to say. And yeah. I think that so many people are like, "Yeah, I could stand on stage and speak for an hour unprepared about this topic, but how could I do that every single week?" And I think that's a really valid concern. And what I would say to that is that what's beautiful about the podcast landscape is that while your podcast may live in a specific category, like mine lives in the business category, specifically in the marketing one, I still talk about all of the fringe things that impact our marketing, like mindset and finances and even motherhood, right? It's Mm -hmm. all a piece of it. And so what i teach in all realms of marketing is that you don't want to just put yourself in a corner right because you will be trapped you will feel like you don't have enough to say but you want to think about the different categories for connection and you are the king of speaking about things like this about how we can connect with other people specifically through story but what i think is you will not run out of things to say for as long as you are living if you are growing learning and evolving you will always have something to say and so My episodes to this day could be on the same topic that I spoke about six years ago, but it's a totally different angle because I've learned something. Uh, The other fear I think is technology, right? Like the tech is scary. I mean, I am the girl that started with iPhone headphones because I was too afraid to plug a USB microphone in. I didn't even know what a USB was. In fact, I probably still don't even know what those letters mean, which tells you that I haven't really transformed my ability to handle tech. But I think that that tech barrier is really huge because people are just so concerned. Where do I record this? How do I record this? What do I do with the audio? How do I edit it? What does that look like? And there's so many question marks around that. And again, I tell you, it's very easy and you can honestly get started for free. You could literally hold up your iPhone and record a voice memo and that could be podcast episode number one. And then I would say the third thing would just be, I don't have time, right? Um, many of us that have entered the entrepreneurial space recognize that while we maybe have so much passion around the thing that we do, we recognize that running a business means doing all the things around the thing, right? When I was a photographer, I dreamt of these days of like, I'm just going to be out with my camera shooting, and I recognized very early that I was shooting about two percent of the time and running the business ninety eight percent of the time. <laughs> yeah. and so I think we're going in with our eyes wide open of, oh, okay, yes, recording a podcast might only take. 30 minutes, but I recognize that there are other things that need to happen around that. And I'm concerned about the time. And to that, I say that your podcast can actually save you time by building out a library of resources that you can quickly direct people to so that you're not, you know, in your DMs every day, in your inbox every day, responding to questions that you could answer very concisely on your show and serve others for many months and even years to come.
0: Mm. What's what do you feel like are the are ad, like the big advantages of a podcast over some of the other platforms? like obviously you have you know millions of followers on Instagram, uh, you've got you know massive social media following, but you still put aside the time to do the podcast every yeah. single week. Well, oh what's the thing about the podcast that trumps some of the other stuff that you do?
1: There's a true advantage to this platform that people don't talk about often. So first, Colin, you have a platform that you can invite people onto that is a privilege to be on. So you get access to people that you would not have access to because you don't have anything to offer them. So even if your show is just starting out, if you can find people that you love and admire and say, I want to give you a stage to speak about this thing that you're super passionate about. That is an honor and a privilege that so many people find valuable. The next thing that I would say is that for us, so, you know, we're years and years into the game, about half of our monthly downloads come from our new episodes and half of our monthly downloads. And this is like almost a million downloads come from our backlog, which means Uh, that people are still going backwards. People are still listening to episode number one, like you, Colin. And so what's (laughs) (laughs) what's beautiful about that is that you're building out this library of resources that are searchable. And so when we're talking about things like social media, our content is living and dying within 24 hours, but a podcast is this truly evergreen place where you can create this resource library. Another thing that I think is so powerful about podcasting is if you intentionally create the content once, you can use that content on so many different platforms, right? You can take your podcast and make it into a YouTube short, a TikTok, an Instagram reel. You can take your outline and send it out as an email. You can use it as Instagram posts, as an Instagram carousel. And so while it is a heavier lift on the front end, when you do it intentionally, recording one podcast episode could give you content for 30, 60, 90 days and beyond if you do it in the right way. And so I think that it's a worthy lift if you're doing it strategically because it's a way that allows people to connect on a deeper level and gives you the type of content that you can share across all the different platforms that'll do well.
0: Yeah, it's such a quality platform to start with. Like if I think about the hierarchy of content, Yeah. Um, the The podcast, especially if you do it as a video podcast, it's basically the highest level of content you can produce, yeah, and then everything kind of everything can cascade down from there, uh and so I know for me, Jenna, with running my podcast, I find that I get the most quality people coming from the podcast, yeah, so client wise yeah, so you know I'll get my highest level clients from the podcast, and because I know that there's uh, I don't know if you can speak to this at all, but I, I know that there's a lot of like data and research around the fact that podcast listeners earn more because yeah. like they're actually focused on learning, they're, they're committed to personal growth. And there's like, I've seen a lot of data around that, around like they're just, they just earn more, they make more money, they've got access to more resources. And so have you found like, even with the quality of people coming from your podcast has has helped with that?
1: Oh, absolutely. So not only is starting a podcast a way to differentiate yourself as a brand expert and to really like set the stage for your credibility. Mm-hmm. But if you think back to my beginning story of me wanting to hand Amy my credit card from the shower curtain, she had built up so much no like and trust in me that I was like, she didn't even have anything for sale. And I was like, take my money. Like, I don't even know how much it costs, but I'm willing to invest. And I think that so much yeah. is to be said about. When someone is showing up for you consistently, giving you free value, the moment that they have something that you can invest in to not only say thank you, but to get that next piece of the puzzle, you are so willing to do it. And so it is almost like this qualification process. And one thing that I love about this, Colin, is so many creators, specifically service-based business owners, they are repeating themselves over and over and over again, trying to make a sale. Your podcast can set the stage that you need to help people qualify themselves so that you don't have to do that hard work from the front end. And so, not only can it really kind of help you hone in on, like, okay, what are my values? What do I want people to be sure of before they commit? How do I want them to prepare for this experience? Your podcast can do that. And not everyone's going to choose to invest. But the people who do are ready. They know it. They've already said yes. It's not. It's not this hard sell. It's more of a service in selling. And I think that that's a really powerful switch for people who are very notorious for saying, "I hate selling," which I think is the majority of people, to be honest.
0: I think that's so true. I was as you were saying that I thought about two experiences I've had of joining very high level masterminds yeah. one with with Russell Brunson yep. and one with James James Wedmore yep. both of them i had never bought anything off them ever before yep. but i remember they mentioned they were reopening their mastermind and i and i just had this like sense of like i'm going to be in that yeah and you know that was like 8 years ago when i had that first sense when when i joined james's and but i think about it like i invested it was a ton of cash especially at the time and I'd literally bought nothing from him, but I just had this implicit trust. Yep. I did the so
1: same thing with Lewis Howes. I had never yeah. bought a single course and then heard about his podcast or heard about his mastermind on his podcast and signed up. And that was a $25,000 investment and I'd never mm. invested before. So I 1000% agree. I think it lets people kind of put you through their filter of like, is this the right choice for me? And I think that that's a beautiful position to put your consumers and your potential clients in is to allow them to really kind of explore the landscape of you, what you believe, what your values are before they make that investment decision. I think that's powerful.
0: Yeah, it gives them that space, that breathing space. Yep. Uh, In terms of planning a podcast, and I would love some help with this as well. How do you think about like, keeping the podcast engaged, planned well, planned ahead. Yeah. Uh, Because, you know, if you're going to do a weekly show or, you know, two shows a week sometimes, uh, you know, there's you've got to produce a lot to actually, you know, create that. So uh, I know that planning doesn't come natural to me, but I'm sure you've learnt some like hacks, some things that you've put in place to help you stay on track and ahead and so forth with the podcast.
1: Yeah. So, um, most people are surprised to learn that even with a show of our size, we only have one dedicated team member on the show. So we have contractors that help support the show, but we literally just have one person. So it's funny when we say like the term producer, cause we're like, she is all the things. Uh, gold digger podcast, but it's one person. And so I think that could, should provide a little bit of like exhale for listeners when they're imagining that they need to build out this entire team. And it's this huge operation. So for us, what's so interesting is that the goal of our show is that it only takes me three days a month and we do two episodes per week. So around eight episodes per month. And so what those three days look like is one day of planning so i will go through and we get tons of guests that are um submitting their information or pitching themselves for our show but i am also yeah. constantly on the hunt for new guests so we have a guest tracker where i will go through the guest tracker and approve people or say like yes i really want to get this person let's go after them that kind of thing then i will plan out our four topics for our solo shows and one thing that i teach is that i really recommend almost having those sort of brand pillars Um, so that you can kind of lean on different angles throughout the month. So for us, there's like a mindset one. There's a strategy one. There's usually a financial one or like a something with money. Um, And then there's usually a tactics one. So we kind of look in like those different angles of like, okay, what's a strategy that's really been working? Let's do an episode about that. What's a mindset thing that you've been experiencing? Let's do an episode about that. So we'll kind of outline here are our dream guests here are the solo shows. And then I spend the day just kind of dropping in my initial thoughts. One thing that I've recognized is like, if I have an idea for a solo show, the bullet points already live inside of my brain. And I'm going to be a lot more eloquent and excited about the topic. If it's not something that I'm not well-researched in, or I don't know a lot about. And so I love to do solo shows on things that I'm like fired up about and naturally speaking about. So we'll kind of go through that day of planning. Then I like to just do two recording days. So usually I'll do four interviews back to back to back to back, and then I'll do solo shows back to back to back to back after we've prepped. And those are the three days that I spend on the podcast in the month. Now, what happens after that is that my one team member will write out solo shows, will create the social posts, will kind of take that, that interview, which is the main meat of it, and kind of disseminate it out to all the different platforms that we show up on. And that all happens really without a lot of my knowledge or without a lot of my efforts. We found some fun hacks within there of like, let's say after we record this interview, Colin, you record Instagram stories that will air when this episode airs because you know what this conversation is about. You're excited about it. You're in that state of recording it. And so we found these different tips and tricks that help. So that all of a a sudden a month from now, I'm not like, oh crap, what do we even talk about in that? Now I got to share about it. I don't even remember what what the conversation was. And so we've kind of created this whole system around how to simplify all of that, because there are a lot of moving pieces. um, But if you do it right, it shouldn't take up a lot of time. So my show that gets over 2 million downloads a month, it takes me three days a month, uh, which really is not a lot of time. And really, when I break it down, it's probably like 12 hours a month
0: that's incredible um and you know like someone at your level th- what i always think about as well is like so i always like look at people at you know at various levels and i'm and i'm like if someone at that level is putting that much time and effort into this type of a medium yeah there has to be something about that yeah you know like cuz as an entrepreneur you can be distracted and pulled away by so many things yeah but I always ask, like, if I look up and I'm looking at people and I'm and I'm like, okay, I really like how they're doing this or they're doing that. And I'm like, what are they putting their time into? And and you you literally, as a multi-million dollar business owner, like you put your time and effort into a podcast. Yeah. And so for me, I'm like, if people are just starting out or if they're, you know, you know, they they're growing and scaling, like for me, I'm like, that's that's pretty prominent. Yeah. I, like I would keep that front of mind if you're listening to this show and you're thinking, I'm considering doing a podcast, like both myself and Jenna run podcasts. And I think for me, you know, if, for me, if I'm, if I, if I'm honest, I feel like I, my podcast, I started my podcast for two reasons. They're a little bit selfish. One reason was to meet amazing people.
1: Yeah.
0: So, so like we get to do this podcast. We've built a relationship. I was on your show. You're on my show. Like we built. I've built the most incredible relationships and then sometimes even have gone into friendships uh, from the podcast. That was like one of the main reasons that I started the podcast. Second reason was I wanted a vehicle to create new content all the time. Mm -hmm. So like it pushes me to create new content. And so often, I'm not going to lie, Jenna, I'll impress myself. With my own content. (laughs) Yeah. Like I'll you know, you know what I mean? It's a great testing
1: ground for new content too. Like it's it's great to test out your material, right?
0: Exactly. Like I'll create stuff and I'm like, oh, and I'll say it and I'm like, oh, that was good. Like I've never thought about it that way. And I'll create new content on it. So I think that as an expert, if you're listening, you know, and you're you're feeling like, oh, I'm not creating enough content. What's great about a podcast is it it forces you to create content. And I think that one of the challenges as a, as an entrepreneur is you don't have a boss and because you don't have a boss, the only boss you have really is your calendar. Yeah. And so for me, I have, or, or my audience essentially is my boss. Uh, It's like when you launch a webinar, it's like you set a date and a time and you're like, that's the new boss. It's like, I have to deliver by that time because I've got a few thousand people showing up or whatever it is. Or a podcast. I've got a podcast that I deliver every Tuesday and I'm like, that's my boss. Yeah. And so creating something like that forces you to generate better content. So, you know, that's just for me, like some of the benefits I've found personally in running, running a podcast.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm curious for you, Jenna, X factors of podcasts. Like if you think about like this foundations, which is, you know, uh, like the brand, the show, like having guests, having some solo episodes. What for you has been, like if you look over the years, where were some of the tipping points in your podcast that really accelerated? it? Maybe some insights that you had where you were like, oh, that's helped us go to a next level or some of the reasons why some podcasts really take off and some of the reasons why some podcasts just fall flat. Like what are those X factor things that you think a great podcast has.
1: Yeah, I mean, right off the bat, the personal episodes crush it. And I can even remember listening to Amy's show a decade ago where she admitted that she was a perfectionist and she always wanted to edit out all of her ums and any flubs, and her audience was begging her to leave them in because it made her feel like a human, right? I remember her talking about this from over a decade ago, and that still has stuck with me today. And some of my top episodes where were, when I was navigating personal problems, when we were going through our fertility journey, I, re- I recorded some really raw episodes about what that was like. And even just yesterday, someone I know reached out and was like, thank you for sitting with me through this terrible loss. You recorded this years ago and I am wow. sitting with it today. And I'm so grateful you hit record on that and you never deleted it. And so there's something about it where I think that nowadays we live in this world of sound bites, right? Where we're thinking in terms of like five second clips, 10 second clips, 15 second clips. We don't want things taken out of context. Your podcast allows you to like paint a bigger picture and share your life in a way that isn't possible in a 10 second clip. And so I feel like what's beautiful about podcasting is it kind of lets you see the person behind the topic, behind the strategies, behind the category in a way that's not possible. And, and I started out as an OG blogger. So like I started my blog back in 2010 and we still leverage my blog, but people want to connect with other people. So I think that's the number one thing. The other thing I would say is is really being willing to just go there, whatever that means. So if you're doing interviews, don't just follow your list of questions, follow the conversation. And so podcasting allows you to, yes, have very like targeted conversations about specific things, but it also allows you to go a little bit further and to ask the questions that other people would be asking. It's almost like you get to be like the people's representative of like, and what do you mean by that? Or, and then what happened? And like, I think that that's a beautiful, as you learn and hone in on your gift of interviewing, it is going to serve you so well in so many areas of your life to ask the better questions so that you can get the better answers. And then finally, I would just say that building that trust on podcasts and really sharing things that you love and use. I think most people are always overwhelmed by the search of like, what is the best way to do this? What is the best thing to use? What is the number one tool I need? And so building a podcast can allow you to share the things that you were once searching for, where you are just one step ahead of them. You don't have to be 20 steps ahead of them. You don't have to have everything tied up in a pretty bow. In fact, I would argue that it's better if you're not, because you know what that person feels like, and you can speak to them so wholeheartedly, but sharing what's working for you allows you to take people on the journey. And I think that there is no better medium that allows you to do that than a podcast. And so that's why it's so fun when you listen to like my first episode, it's like, that was me then. And that was what I knew then. And I love that person and i've also been able to evolve so much on my own show both as a human and as a podcaster.
0: In terms of monetizing a podcast. Yeah, let's
1: talk about uh, it.
0: What yeah, what do you kind of recommend because i feel like there are definitely different stages yep. of a podcast and its monetization. Uh and so i'm curious about your philosophy of monetization. Yeah. And Uh, ads and pointing people to things like how do you get that balance right Um, because a lot of the listeners are you know they're coaches they're experts uh they have a message they care about but they also want to make make money yeah and so like how do you get that balance right what does monetization look like because you've done it really well yeah um yeah just talk to us talk to us your philosophy about that
1: well i say go get your money honey Uh, and don't be apologetic about it. Um, so I teach a bunch of different monetization methods and all of them I have tested myself over the years. Um, so the most traditional one that people are aware of is sponsorships, right? A brand pays you to talk about the brand. It's usually like a cut rate. You collect it and you move on. Now I think that's, fine and good. And I definitely think there's a time and place for it. But most podcasters that are just starting out are not going to have sponsor deals lined up unless you have a very large platform or a very big audience on a different platform. Not going to really work that way. But here's what I want to say. I wish I would have known this thing when I started my podcast. People are always going back to episode number one. And if you can start your show right? You can have episode number one be driving results for you years from when you launch it. Mm -hmm. And so what I mean by this is there are so many different ways that you can get value. So whether that's email subscribers, whether it's purchasers, whether it's partner codes, there's so many different ways that you can drive actual tangible results. And everything I do in my life is driven by actual, tangible, measurable results. If I can't tie it to a result, it's not worth my time. Now we've talked about this call and podcasting is absolutely worth my time or I wouldn't have been doing it for yeah. so many years. And so one, here's a funny story for you. So when I was starting up my podcast, I was lucky enough to have a partner come alongside that basically just covered the cost. So they were paying me $200 per episode because they just believed in me. And I was like, this is just an experiment. Let's see what happens. I regret taking that money, not because I don't love that partner. I absolutely love that partner and still use it. I regret taking that money because I would have been so much better off to use a partner or an affiliate link. And if I would have gotten just one person to sign up from each episode, I would have made the same amount of money. If I would have got two people, I would have doubled my profit. If I would have got three people, I would have tripled my profit. If I, you know. And so I recognize now that flat rate model, while it definitely helped me get my show off the ground, I would have done it differently. So in my first year, my husband and I, we were kind of newlyweds-ish. We didn't have children yet. Uh, I was like grinding it as an entrepreneur. And uh, one point of contention in our marriage was, what are you going to eat for dinner? Now, if I had it my way, I could order out every single night of the week and I'd be super content. My husband is a salad guy. I don't understand those people. I never have. I'm working on it. (laughs) What I ended up doing is I built out a landing page for HelloFresh. I love HelloFresh. We've used them for years and years and years. I ended up getting us groceries for an entire year for free because I talked about my love of HelloFresh and pretended like they were an actual sponsor of my show when in reality I was sharing my refer a friend link. That changed the game for us because one, groceries are expensive (laughs) and two, we stopped arguing about what's for dinner. Now, this was a model that I have taken and expanded over the years because- To me, if I am confident in the value I'm delivering and I want to deliver it in my own way and not reading off of some brand script, and I really love something and people know that I really love it, I'd be so much better off telling people about it like a friend than getting paid from a brand. So there are just so many different ways that you can do this and I love it. Um, A couple other methods that work really well is if you partner with another creator who has a product that would be aligned for your audience and sign up for an affiliate link, You can leverage things like their interview to help them sell their product more. And again, you get those commissions. Um, But I would say the biggest things that you want to focus on is what is the true value for your brand? Is it growing your email list? Because that's a powerful way to grow your business. Is it sending people to a product? So actually making a direct sale from the podcast. Is it sending people to a partner link or is it having a direct sponsorship? And there's a time and a place for each and every single one of those. And it's up to you to decide what the value is for you in that season so that you can connect your efforts to a real result using your podcast.
0: Oh, I love that. And one thing I love about you, I know in our conversations, uh, uh, in terms of your webinars and stories, you're such a results driven person. And that's, and I like, I remember reflecting on our conversations and just thinking, I was like, wow, Jenna, Jenna, like does the do, like she actually She, she like produces and cause I was watching your, like your webinars and things like that. And for me, the reason why I bring this up is I feel like the stuff you produce, whether it's your courses, whether it's your podcast, like it's so driven for getting people results because I know that you value that yourself. And so I just wanted to acknowledge you in terms of like how you show up for your audience Um, and for everything you do, it's, it's just phenomenal. So can I
1: tell you a secret about that? Yeah. So I have realized over the years that, you know, I'm the number one marketing podcast in the country. Why do I love marketing is because I want more people to have peace in their life. Where does peace come from having safety and security? And for me financially, having those things has given me a great level of peace to have possibility in my life. And it's so funny because I am so darn driven on getting people results because all I want for them to see is that your efforts are tied to something that you can measure and you can measure whether it's time, whether it's money, whether it's energy, whether it's joy in your life, whatever that currency is for whatever season of life you're in, you get to set that bar. But I think so many people are moving through their life and they're like, is this it? Like, is this all there is to it? And they're unhappy or they're faking the enjoyment of their life. And so it's interesting because when people talk to me about marketing, I am so obsessed with it because of the end result that a lot of people don't talk about. We talk about the money, right? But like, do we talk about like the freedom and the joy and the impact and all these other things? Everyone's so obsessed with how much money you can make. I love that. But like, that's not the end game. And so I think it's really cool when I started to really come to terms with like, what is my number one value? Like, what do I want? I want people to feel peace in their pursuit. And so I just wanted to share that because I think that if you're listening to this and you're like, okay, why would I have a podcast? Okay. Do I want to make money? Great. That's awesome. But also like, do you want to make an impact? Do you want to share your story? Do you want to help other people? Do you want to create a system that brings you more joy or saves you time? Like there's so many different angles that podcasting can support. And that's just why I like love sharing about these things in such a passionate way. Cause I can see the end result for people.
0: So good on that note. I know that you are, are running a class pretty soon, all about podcasting yeah. and you're going to be diving deep into some other content that we haven't covered today. Um, all around like launching and growing your podcast. Uh, could you share what that, what that um, masterclass is about and also how they can get a hold of it?
1: Yeah. So it's at freepodcastclass.com. It's freepodcastclass.com. And it's podcasting 101, three easy ways to launch your show. And I'm going to walk you through the things that you are overcomplicating, like those decisions that you have to make about how many days a week do I publish? And is it interview or is it solo show? And how do I sign in and out of my episodes? And all of those questions that are holding you back. I'm going to walk you through the different gear that I've used throughout the year, the exact setup that I'm using today with Colin, as well as my iPhone headphones, which are very easy to find if that's (laughs) where you want to begin. Um, And I'm also going to walk through the monetization strategies. So kind of the different tiers and the benefits of each one of them so that you can walk away saying, this is going to be worth my time. Even if five people tune in today, I have confidence that I'm going to grow it and that that will yield results. And so again, focusing on results. So that is freepodcastclass.com. Again, it's podcasting 101, three easy ways to launch your show. And I love to teach people how to do this in a way where when I think about myself and I said, I'm going to launch it in 30 days, that's what I want for other people is to stop letting perfectionism be this paralysis thing in your life and to just start getting your work out there so that you can grow and you can cringe at your early self and you can want to hug her all at the same time.
0: <laughs> so good. Well, I tell you what, I, I love I really, when I say love, I only learn from people who have, who have achieved what I want to achieve. And in this area of podcasting, like you are, you are incredible. Um, and I, you know, I look up to you in this area of podcasting. You just, you're a true market leader. And I think anyone who goes to this class, I think you're going to get a ton of value from that. So definitely check that out. Jenna, um, I've loved this episode. And uh, having a chat, I, one last question yeah. is, at the end of your life, imagine it is the end of your life, and there are literally people standing around um, reflecting on your life. Maybe it's friends, it's family, your kids, um, clients. What would be your hope that they would whisper about you yeah. and your life?
1: that I loved my life, that I truly enjoyed it and didn't delay the joy. Again, I think there's so much um, so much pressure to do more, more, more. And I think I want to live from a place of my enoughness and invite other people to do the same. And so that would be my prayer.
0: Beautiful. I know you're on a mission to do that and you're really living that. So, Jenna. Uh, It's a pleasure having you on the podcast, and we'll talk to you really soon.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Why is it so hard to know what content to include in your speeches and webinars? Knowing which ideas to keep in and what to leave out is the difference between just getting claps or signing clients. If you're really serious about making your content highly persuasive, make sure to download the Persuasive Content Builder while it's still available. Go to www.persuasivecontentbuilder.com and get your step by step formula for designing and delivering content that connects with your audience and moves them to join your programs. Until then, we look forward to seeing you on the next episode of The Expert Edge.